Hello and welcome to another edition of Bill Smithar podcast. A very good, very happy uh, couple of presenters here. Uh, you're with me, Tim Rudge, and my co-host Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm I'm happy, very happy. I'm, I'm not as tired as I was yesterday after staying yeah. up and watching uh, the uh, weather delayed Bill's <sighs> visit to Arrowhead. I'm really glad I did because it was phenomenal to watch them uh, destroy the Chiefs. But yeah, yesterday took its toll, as did a fairly hefty weekend of NFL. So I'm sure we'll get into that. What was your plan like before the game? Were you going to try and get any sleep or, um, you know, did you just uh, go all night basically without any sleep and try and get some the next morning? Like, What, what, what was your yeah. strategy? So my standard, what- standard plan as refined by, I think, what, run of three or four primetime games last year is yeah. go to bed early, try and get some sleep in, get up maybe one with the game starting at 20 past one and then go back to bed and try and start work a little bit later. Were you able to execute? Partially. (laughs) I think (laughs) it's the best way to say it. So I um, slept for a little bit, but then by 11, I was awake and I was, I decided just to get up and walk. The thing is, the problem is there's games happening. This is the issue with Sunday night football is you know, there are games happening and I think, well, if I'm awake, I'm actually watching the games. So <laughs> I got up about 11, watched a couple Absolutely. of hours worth of, uh, of of the games and, um, yeah, then rolled straight into it. But then I did take a sneaky 45-minute nap during the weather delay. Um, I just set my alarm. I think, so, I think it was uh, Greg Thompson tweeted out that it was going to be a, at least a 45 minutes. So I set my alarm for 45 minutes. Felt terrible after that, but it just kept me going that little bit more. And then I, uh, yeah. Slept between, I think, about 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. So yeah, it was, it was not, not the best night's sleep I've ever had. <laughs> that is awesome. You've done loads better than me, my friend. I, well, we'll go into detail about what happened Sunday because we both went to the Jets Falcons game. We both uh, met up and uh, had a few drinks beforehand. Uh, so I didn't actually get back from London just because I live a bit further away than Charlie does from London. Um, I didn't get back till. Uh, home until half 10 at night so pretty much as soon as I got in I dropped everything got into bed tried to get um, some sleep in I I spent about an hour trying I knew it wasn't happening and as you say Sunday night football you know games are going on I was watching game pass on the way home so because I knew how the start of these games went it's in the back of my mind about what actually happened by the time you get to an hour, it's like, oh, I'm fed up with this. You know, I might as well get up. And I was only at that point about an hour, hour and a half away from kickoff. So I got up as well. It's got no sleep. And then, um, and at this point, um, I'd been up for, I got up half five Sunday morning. So didn't get any sleep, carried on, watched the first half then obviously it's bad weather delay happened and i think i was around what three half three, three kind three, of yeah, time like, yeah. yeah and i hung on for 45 minutes but obviously there's reports that the thunderstorms were over to you know states or something even i think uh, uh or, or regions i'm probably getting that wrong but you know it's going to be there for a while and there wasn't any estimate of when the game no. will come back so i thought like you did i'll try and get some sleep and uh yeah, set an alarm later. But they kept showing these mad kind of graphics saying, yeah. this is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. And I was like, I can take nothing out of this. <laughs> yeah, just running give at us like a rough idea. Hyperspeed. You know? just, just tell me the information. I can't interpret weather chart. No, that's it. Yeah, just give us something, you know. Um, so I said it for like 45 minutes, but I actually... This is only a third time this has happened. I slipped from my alarm. So I actually woke up when my son woke up at six o'clock in the morning Ooh. and I realised I missed all the second half. So I kindly asked my wife, can I <laughs> resume the watching? <laughs> and I watched it all back. And uh, pretty much by the time they ended, I just started the second uh, half. So a little bit disappointed. I didn't stay up and watch the full game, but it was still amazing to see the, uh, you know, what happened basically so um yeah but that was uh, how things went and then i said yesterday was terrible like for me um (laughs) i was fine in the morning or something you say yeah yeah i I was fine in the morning and then it got to like mid-afternoon and that just yeah i felt it really badly at that point and i was on um 
childcare duties and I was falling asleep on the floor like literally on my laminate flooring with nothing over me and my son's like watching his program stuff he was like waking me up every time he was like getting on top of me and like doing horsey on me you know uh which was a, a fun wake-up call but yeah so it, it was tough but uh I was glad when he went to sleep uh, last night and uh, I was able to get a fairly solid night's sleep in. But it takes a couple of days, I forget. You know, you forget after nine months of, you know, normal nights and Not um, prime no, time games. no prime time games, how much, you know, of a toll it takes. Yeah. Um, so... But it's now not prime I remember, time in the UK, that's for sure. It's, it's middle of the night, really the next not, morning. No. I think they resumed at half four in the morning, didn't they, our time? And they stopped, finished till like six. So, yeah, really brutal. But uh, there we go. But we had a really, like, it was a perfect Sunday, really. So not only did the Bills play fantastically and beat the AFC champions, but they, you know, we had the Falcons-Jets game. And the game itself wasn't fantastic, as we all expected, but it was just a really great day. It was wonderful to be back, surrounded by lots of UK and European NFL fans. There was representation from every team. Um, I didn't not see any jersey uh, of any team. Uh, and it was just great to get the NFL community back together and to enjoy and experience the game. Yeah, I actually started the, the night before as well. So, uh, of course, you a, did. Yeah, a mutual friend of ours, Mike. We went to um, went to the Israel with Bell for a couple of pints. Uh, hung out with the Ohio State um, fan group that also bases themselves out of there. Um, for a couple of hours, and then we went on to an NFL party uh, that was uh, organised by uh, Liz Bandari. That's uh, well, if you if you want to look up Liz, she's uh, NFL Girl UK. There's quite a bit of writing and blogging and that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, there was probably about seventy or so people in a in a, in a pub in Marlebone, and um, that was good fun. Pool tables, a few sort of you know celebrities. Uh, Hannah Wilts was there from Sky TV. Um, yeah. We we ended up hooking up with and chatting quite a bit to a, a Saints fan and a, and a and a Jets fan, both from from Carlisle, which was quite good fun. A lot of banter, a lot of debate. Um, but we a couple of rounds they bought you as well, didn't they? Yeah. Well, actually, um, so not only did the landlord of the Fitzrovia Bell buy us around, which was awesome, we uh, we were approached by a guy who was a Bills fan, and he just suddenly we just tapped me on the shoulder and says, "Hey, Bills Mafia, Mafia, I love you guys." can I buy you a drink? What are you drinking? And it turns out he was a relatively newbie Bills fan and he was just loving getting into the Bills. And uh, so, yeah, he bought us around. So, yeah, a lot of beers were consumed. Um, and um, so we then met up, didn't we, on Sunday morning, me with a minor hangover. Um, and yeah. We met up with some friends and had a, had a couple more beers, a couple more members of Bills Mafia, and then headed up to what is, has to be said, a very impressive stadium, Spurs Stadium. It really is uh, yeah. quite something. Yeah, and, the game uh, experience itself was, I thought, was a better experience than Wembley. Um, I felt the atmosphere, like, it felt more intimate because it's smaller, yet it just felt it, open as well. And you could see everywhere in the ground. Um, everyone had good views of the game. Yeah, my seats were amazing. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was the first row of the third tier, and we just had a perfect view. It, it didn't feel like you were three tiers back, just because I think how steep the seating is. So it's just a great place to watch the NFL. Yeah, it's, I think wherever you sit in a stadium, it's like any new stadium, really, isn't it? Like you're going to yeah. get a good view of a game and it's not like Loftus Road at QPR, which is a football team here. I remember <laughs> going there and seeing them a lower tier and the upper tier the above you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it like hangs over you though. So you can't yeah. even see like, you can barely see above the goal opposite you. It's, it's right. crazy. But yeah, yeah it's just, it was just fantastic. Um, I was a little bit annoyed because one of the highlights of my day would have been seeing the Zach Wilson interception, but I was queuing for beers at that point. It oh. took over 20 minutes to get beers. So that was a low light. Um, they ran out of Budweiser for where we were, and they just had all sorts of problems. Uh, Which would have been fine if there was an, a better beer available, but that was the yeah, only beer there available. was not. Many <laughs> Did you see uh, Zach Wilson throwing it into the the back of his own player? That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, was, whacked uh, him in the back of the head. One of his offensive linemen. Yeah, it's great. It was interesting <laughs> watching him in the in person, and you saw yeah. how he couldn't get off his first read. He would panic. Um, it was really you could really tell he was a rookie and that yeah. he was struggling and you know, that not having an offensive line is a problem. He had the capability to make some decent throws later in the game when they were sort of trying to kind of catch up, but equally just missed wide open guys. And there was, there were people all over the place who were wide open and, and 
he just wasn't even looking in that direction. Mm. Um, he was so busy panicking about whatever was happening around him. So I think he's got a long way to go. And I think that the Bills are going to have an absolute field day when we play the Jets, honestly. Our defensive yeah. line against them. Uh, I think Again, it it's be... not Wilson, though, is it? You just look, there was just, it was so poor across the board yeah. against a Falcons defense who we know are one of the worst in the NFL, you know, and they had a really good day, um, I thought, again. So it didn't generate too much pressure, but it didn't matter because they weren't getting open. Um, I'll and... wait to see the. Uh... <laughs> the point, the the, uh, the 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 line for the Bills versus the Jets. If it was what it was against the Texans, it might be even higher against the Jets. Yeah, potentially, yeah. definitely. But yeah, we can't wait to hopefully go back to a game next year. Obviously, Germany's on the table. New Munich, Frankfurt, and Dusseldorf shortlisted. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll have a, a Bills game in Germany to look forward to next year. That'll be really exciting and fun if that happened. And they've also said that London are going to be guaranteed to get at least three games. Two. Uh, was it for, yeah, yeah, it's three, three, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah for the yeah. foreseeable. So I imagine they'll, they'll use Wembley again, um, I would think, yeah. um, for one of the games. So yeah. a lot closer for me, uh, which is a lot handier, a lot easier for me to get in and out than Spurs, yeah. which is the back end of nowhere in um, northeast London. But um, Really random location, isn't it? It's just dumped there, basically, the stadium. It looks like someone's just picked it up from somewhere <laughs> nice and dumped <laughs> yeah. it in a... Uh, yeah, not, not the best. Just, no, not, <laughs> not the best. Really area. isn't. But so but we're I, not. Yeah, yeah. So we'll move on to the game now. So oh, it was just fantastic, wasn't it? Um, I just thought I'd start by saying this, really, because there's a lot of thoughts going through my mind um, when I watched the first half and then the second. I rewatched the second half um, because I watched it actually over two splits. I had to watch it back at lunch. Uh, today just to kind of gather my thoughts ahead of the podcast but there's just a lot of things going from my mind and a lot of um, points that you know were evident from the last year's games and you touched on those uh, on the pod um, last week and I just thought like there's there's absolutely no doubt that they the Bills channeled all of the AFC championship heartbreak yeah. Uh, into this game like this team this Buffalo's team wanted redemption it was personal to them I know what McDermott and Allen said saying oh it's just any other game and I didn't even realise yeah. um, next to the that's, that's rubbish you it's could see it in the faces of the players on the sidelines at the start of the game and during the game I know that after Josh's one of his touchdowns uh, I think it was one of his last couple of touchdowns you could just see him looking into the crowd you know, just giving them the look like they were hungry to well, execute and show the world that they could be the best of the best. They delivered. I completely agree. And the thing that I really noticed was how nasty the defense looked. Yeah, they I was were say that. wound. They were yeah. following through. If two guys were required to bring in a guy down, they'll be four arriving and they'd be hanging on in there. They would be pummeling Kansas City whenever they got the opportunity. You saw Ed Oliver pancake uh, Tooney and just stand over him, look down and like, you know, who's the boss? We saw yeah. Trey White fairly early on the game sling a guy towards the sideline after the play, to, play had finished. They were at it. And you could just tell there was this nasty, mean, bullying air about the Bills. And it was great to see. I mean, I've, I've not seen the defense play like that, not with that level of edge. Um, there was a lot of penalties. We'll, uh, maybe we won't talk about that. That's again too depressing. But um, I thought it was a really aggressive uh, attitude that they turned up with on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Um, and it's great to see. I, I don't. Yeah. I can't remember seeing them play with that level of some nasty edge. Not under McDermott anyway. But what I noticed was that I remember in the defenses in 2018-2019 before last season, I noticed that on defense they used to like hunt in packs and as soon as one got had there'd be another two or three to back them up. And yeah. last season I felt like that edge wasn't there. You know, it's just one guy trying to make a tackle, usually missing them and allowing them extra yards. But this time I felt like they played angry and physical. As I said, they hunted in packs. It was bully. It was like they were bullying them like on defense, especially. I noticed that the more the game went on, the more physical I felt like they got. Yeah. So Zimmer, Done like made a really hard hit on I think um, Edward Hilaire in the third quarter, which I think actually took him out of the game. And then I know the Poya hit on uh, Kelsey that 
that's actually he's on the uh, injury report for that for Stinger. But yeah, there was just you could hear them so loudly, even through, you know, you, we could hear them from where we were in England, you know, but hits were that loud and abrasive. And um, I just felt it was really reminiscent of that 2020 defense just from, uh, you know, hunting in packs and making sure the guy gets down, um, you know, and it was just fantastic. And they've got the extra, you know, pressure now. So not only have they got, you know, this this fantastic back end and, you know, we're going to details about like Tremaine Edmonds looked really good. Got a few things to say about AJ Klein, but, you know, for front as well, like they didn't get too many sacks, but you could tell that Patrick Mahomes was uncomfortable all game. We were yeah. getting pressure on him. We're making him move and he couldn't move because our contain game was really good with Rousseau and Addison and Hughes and all those guys there. He couldn't really escape the pocket too much, which is what Mahomes likes to do, you know. Yeah. I mean they, they clearly was a game plan to play coverage. I think they only uh I think they only blitzed once or something in the game. Zero. Um, they said zero not at all. Not Crazy. at all. Crazy. Um so get pressure with four they did get pressure. I thought Rousseau was outstanding. Yeah. Um, they rotated that defensive line extensively. It was interesting when they showed the snap count. I think it was quite towards the end where they had is really evenly distributed and everybody had been playing in. They were sometimes rotating, rotating in four defensive linemen. And yeah. that, I think that really wore out Kansas City's um, O-line. And you could tell that the, the Bills were worrying Mahomes, but also the coverage was so good. I mean, we had um, Edmonds stood right in the middle of the field trying to read read uh, Mahomes' eyes, taking up all that space with his massive wingspan, not allowing him to sort of throw anything up the middle. It was um, it was quite something to watch, actually. Uh, we had yeah. Poya steaming in, playing rubber coverage sometimes, again, reading um, Mahomes. It was a really complete defensive performance. Everybody played their part. I can't think of anybody that didn't play well. I thought... Um, Taron Johnson was excellent. He was steaming around the field, making great tackles. I thought AJ Klein did about as good as you would ever hope from AJ Klein. I mean, you yeah. know he's not amazing in coverage, but he was he was uh, tackling well. Micah Hyde got the pick. Um, just everybody looked like they were playing at the absolute top level, and it adds that that level of nastiness. You know, it was interesting when um, we played Miami. And I saw the defense do what it did for the second week in a row. So it was it was the first week, obviously, against Pittsburgh, where you know we didn't help, help a lot of points. But then against Miami, it was um, it was a shutout. And I was, I said to the pub, I was like, "This defense is legit. You know, th- these guys are are on it." Now maybe that was too soon, but they only let twenty points up against Kansas City. You know, I had it in the back of my brain. I thought if they keep keep Kansas City to four touchdowns, twenty eight points, I think that's a win. Kept them to mm. 20. And this is the one of the most potent offenses in the NFL. This defense is legit, and there's no debate about it. The thing is, they executed the game plan that they wanted to execute in the last two games against the Chiefs. Um, you think, like, we blitzed, I think it was just the once uh, against the Chiefs in the home game last season, and it was nine times uh, at our head stadium. But that was because that was our necessity at that point when we were quite, you know, losing uh, badly. But you know, it's just to sit all the guys back, get that organic pass rush, you know, contain Mahomes in the pocket. That's what we saw on Sunday night. You know, we executed that. Um, so... Can I just make another, another point? I just want to pick out another yeah. player. Saran Neal was playing um, on downs when it was pretty much an obvious passing down and he was playing up against Kelsey. And I thought he played really well. I think it's one of the mm-hmm. best games I've seen Saran Neal play. Kelsey really didn't um, have much of an impact. I think, what was he, six receptions for 57 yards. Um, well, mm-hmm. considering what he did to us in the championship game, where he had 13 receptions for 118, um, pretty big improvement. And I was seriously worried about Kelsey with Milano not being on the field. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just a note on Neil, he caused the um, fumble, didn't he, on um, the special teams play. He's really good in uh, special teams like as a gunner and he's always making plays there. Um, it's going to be difficult. He's in this contract year, I think, this year, isn't he? So mm-hmm. with Town Johnson being brought back, I think he's like the only notable um, guy that's in the contract year. Hopefully we'll find a way of being able to bring him back because I do really like him on special teams but with a cap situation it'll be interesting to monitor exactly what happens with him but no they're really valid point you touched on AJ Klein and um, I picked up on him uh, massively in this game actually 
this is nothing objective. We all know that AJ Klein's start as a Bills player, he had a bit of a tough start, didn't he? In, in you know, trying to fill in for Edmonds and Milano. There was a bit of a turnstile there at linebacker last year just because of their injuries. But he looked sort of we, slow, didn't he? Pedestrian, he didn't. He yeah. wasn't flying around the field. And then they switched him over and they mainly used him in the blitz and he was much more effective, but you knew he yeah. was limited. I, yeah. think, I think we've seen better, better from him this year. I think so. Like, I think he's always grown in a role, but... There's nothing objective to back this up, but I feel like when he's on the field, he gives the whole D a boost. He's got that sense of urgency there, and I think that is contagious. You can see that kind of, you know, that you can see the energy that he brings to the team. You know, he other people feed off that. So I'm not saying for any second that, you know, I'll drop Milano. You know, Milano's been pretty much, I think, our best defensive player of the year so far. Uh, he's an all-pro-like kind of candidate. Uh, with what he's shown so far however he's such a good player to bring on you know and he's such a good uh, role player for this team he plays a lot of special teams as well um, so we're without Milano but he filled in really well we know he can't cover like Milano can but he's so I don't know downhill you know there's just so much urgency as soon as he sees that ball he flies to it you know when 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 the ball carries got it um he really stood out to me like he made nine tackles um eight tackles by himself an assisted tackle uh, was the other one and um yeah that that really shined for me uh, aj klein alongside edmonds who is back to his best the last two games that we've seen you know um he played some um, made some fantastic plays. I really enjoyed the tackle for loss he had um, when there was a clear path to the running back and he had just a speed, like he was quicker than the running back, you know, getting out there in space and, you know, going through the, the gap and making the tackle. Um, he, he's looking back to his best and I think the Tremaine Edmonds doubters are, are silent for now at least and uh, Luckily, we've got him under contract next season and uh, he stays as a Buffalo Bills. Because he's only 23, you know, you think about yeah. it. Fourth year now and uh, he's really come along and making some really good plays. I think this is by far his best season um, and I thought he was he was excellent uh, on uh, on Sunday night, Monday morning for us. Yeah. Um, he just had, he's starting to impose himself on the in, on the game. His size in the middle of the field is is a really big asset. Um, you just you can see him maturing, and I, I think it's uh, a massive relief, honestly, because I'm going to be fascinated to see what they pay him and when they pay him, um, because he's a very competent, maybe a bit above average um, middle yeah. linebacker, but he also has still the potential to be you know a pro bowl linebacker and you know, he's made the pro bowl a couple Twice. of times but yeah i think yeah. one of them was a bit of a strange yeah. one honestly but um um yeah it's exciting to see what he's going to become and hopefully with a bit of the cat space freeing up with uh, the end of covid we'll be able to retain him on a, on a, on a decent contract should we Definitely. talk a bit about the offense because um I, I thought the story of this game was the defense and uh, i think we, we talked yep. about that quite a bit but yeah it was a really interesting game plan and it, I'm not sure it was the game plan I expected exactly. I, I thought we would run the ball more, and we did. I thought we'd use Josh's legs. We used them a bit more than I expected, and I think it was incredibly effective as a, as a tactic. But what surprised me was the, I think, relatively deliberate um, tactic of going for the big chunk plays and waiting for the play to develop. And that can only have been achieved because the offensive line was so good. I mean, they were giving Josh so much time. I think his average time uh with the ball was 3.1 seconds which is ages in nfl terms um and i think this reworked offensive line was super impressive i mean there was a lot of times when josh could just sit there have a look around reset find it find a, a good a good um base from which to throw and then he was nailing long pass after long pass after long pass and i thought he was excellent at doing that his average average um what was it average pass completion or something like 12.1 uh, yards per, per per attempt but it was over 21 per per completion yeah i mean that's just insane mm. 15 completions for 315 yards yeah. um so the tactic was get josh and zach moss and devil singletary to run and then hit, start hitting him over the top. And, and Josh nailed every, pretty much every single throw, um, which was quite something. So Beasley was barely used. 
Um, so there's very little. Dawson Knox had his three receptions for 117 yards. Who would have predicted that yardage? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. In, in, incredible. Diggs only had two receptions. Sanders only had three receptions. Moss had three receptions. So this was another interesting yeah. one. I think we can begin to see now why Zach Moss is becoming the, uh, the yeah. lead back here. Is that I he's so that, much effective in the pass game. Yeah. Not only did he get three receptions, he got 55 yards on that, an average of 18.3 yards per reception. Mm. Um, pretty incredible. So I think I, I, watching the game, I didn't feel that Devin Singletary was being very effective, but actually his average um, yards per carry was 4.2, which is just fine. You know, in fact, it's yeah. perf- perfectly reasonable, but it didn't feel like he was being effective. And I think it's just because I was seeing Moss more because he was being also used in the receiving game. game. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's it. No, I, I was going to say um, for the offense, uh, I, I, one of the first surprise of the game for me was just, you know, how poor that Chiefs defense. I, it's not a surprise. We know the Chiefs defense has been poor this season. But it was but really just on the bad. back end, <laughs> like really the amount bad. of separation, <laughs> like on the long throws, you think of a Knox one, the yeah. um, Diggs throws. Diggs should have got that touchdown when he got that long, you know, he called that play. He didn't Still. realize how he didn't realize, see the guy behind him, just how his body was like shaped. He just didn't see the guy behind him. So, was he just um, going to walk backwards into the end zone? Was, that, was he planning something like that? Yeah. strange. Only isn't he it? knows, doesn't he? But, yeah, it's I thought. At first, I thought he just stumbled. And I watched it again. I was like, no, I'm not sure he did no, stumble. No, he didn't. Sure it was deliberate. Was yeah. Yeah, it was. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't expect them to have that much time, you know, especially with the championship game. You think of how physical that defence was um, and in coverage. And they had no separation whatsoever in that game to uh, make plays. Um, and it was complete opposite from the Chiefs' uh, defence. And that just helped us didn't it in our game plan i think that was deliberate because of how poor they have been this so far this season um what was interesting i think that the digson and sanders when they were getting free they were getting separation which was great but Knox, it almost sounds like it wasn't even separation it was just blown coverage (laughs) so they just forgot about him yeah um and it was it was incredible especially two of those he was in acres of space i mean that that um that drill where they where they, where where Josh rolls out to his right and then nails yeah. one up the sideline uh, and knocks them walks in for a touchdown. He had yeah. acres of space. I mean, there was one where obviously Knox went up to get it over the defender's head, and um, that was just a great catch and a great throw. But yeah, it was almost just like you know they, they weren't even paying attention to him. And I wonder yeah. whether now because our offensive weapons are so so intimidating, you know, with Sanders being incredibly effective, with Diggs, you know, being Diggs, that. They just have to prioritise, you know, the, the leading receivers, and that that opens up opportunities for likes of Dawson Knox. Yeah, I didn't actually expect the uh, game plan to be as balanced. Like you look at the stats: twenty six passes versus twenty five runs, and that takes off a three kneel downs at the end of the game. So that's pretty much a fifty fifty split. And I can't imagine. Uh, it probably only happened a handful of times last season. Maybe the Patriots first game uh, mm. that springs to mind is one we ran a lot of a lot of the time but yeah didn't expect that and then as you said Moss the fact you know his his passing um, how he plays in a passing game you know he, he made that one drop um, it was one of the first drives of the game I think it was start of the second quarter and then they went back straight back to him though um, two passes in the same drives that he got and um, he just showed that he was very effective overall in the passing game caught three or four targets uh, for 55 yards or something. He just seems a better route runner and better when after he's got the ball in his hands, yeah. you know, after, after the catch, he's able to, you know, rip he's off. dynamic, big... isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I think his longest, longest uh, reception was for 24 yards. I mean, that's a big chunk play. Mm. Um, cool. Uh, so should we um, hand out some awards then, do you think? Yeah. <laughs> We've gone completely like backwards to what we normally do. We got so... I think excited about just reminiscing about this game and talking about it. We just went straight into just talk about our, our, our major thoughts really. So yeah, let's go to, to awards then. So game MVP, have you been able to decide one particular player? What's your approach so, been for this one? Yeah, I, I, I don't really have one. I think, uh, you, yeah. you, I mean, you can put the whole defense on as, as game MVP. I thought Josh is, Long passing was great. Obviously, he had some uh, some misses as well. I think I'm going to go for Gregory Rousseau because 
he had a real influence on this game. He played contain really well. He had a sack. He had that uh, interception. Pressure. Interception, yeah. yeah. It just was a really well-rounded defensive end performance. And he, he, we needed this front four to step up on, uh, on Sunday, and they did. And I think Greg Rousseau was a massive part of that. And the fact that we drafted a guy at the end of the first round, everyone said, yeah, but he's not played football for a year. And he's a starter for the best defense in the league. That's, that's pretty incredible. It really mm. is pretty incredible. I think we've got a bargain on our hands in where we drafted Rousseau. Because I think yeah. if, if people knew how good he was, there was no way he was, he was getting uh, picked to where we, where we picked a 30. So I, I'm going to give it to Greg Rousseau because I just think he was a really well-rounded performance. The guys only played five NFL games. That was his fourth. Uh, sorry, that, that, was his, that was his fifth NFL game. I mean, what more can you want from a, from a rookie playing defensive end? So I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, if he'd have come back to school in uh, 2020, there'd have been no chance that uh, no. we'd have been able to take him uh, in that spot. You know, I think and at the, the start of the year they're projecting him in like the top tens of mocks, and because he didn't play, he got bumped down a little bit to our, um, you know, to our benefit. And I just what stands out to me most about Rousseau is just how patient he is and disciplined in the run game. Mm, and yeah. then you've got that patience and you know keeping off blocks um, mixed in with you know, his his length. Yeah. And there's one play especially where um, Edward Tiller went quite wide to him, but because of his length, he was still able to get, mm-hmm. you know, at least get a bit of him and take him down. That really stands out to What's me. The thing, so, he, he uses that length to basically give him the space so he can see what's coming and he can play yeah. contain. And then he can just dismiss the guy, like, with, like swats him away and then goes and makes the tackle if he needs to. So it's just a really well-rounded player. And maybe it's the fact that he had a year's worth of development when he wasn't, playing college yeah. football that's actually taken him up a level so who yeah. knows but uh, what a what a great uh, great draft pick so I'm very happy not only does for yeah no absolutely not only does for length help him run game but with that interception with his long arms there's no way that a Jerry Hughes would have got that because he needed his whole hand there to kind of flick it up and catch yep. it so um, yeah it's just he's multifaceted he's got a lot of um, tools uh, in his repertoire, and he'll be like a really good player for us moving forward. Absolutely. Who's who's um, your MVP? <laughs> it's a cop out of mine. Um, it might be the first and last game that I do this, but I just couldn't choose one player. I felt like the whole team deserved that. Is that a bit of a cop out? Should yeah, I but, just you know. come up with? <laughs> I just felt like Matt it was Dawson so Knox. hard. Yeah, I could go for Dawson Knox, but then I think of Allen and how good he was in the run game and what what his mentality was in the game and you know um Edmonds and Oliver there's so many players I thought Mitch Morse as well um on the offensive line we talked about how good they were and how long Josh Allen had uh, in the pocket but I thought he had a really good game um pass protected really well that's probably the strongest part of the game but he stood out to me on the offensive line Spencer Brown again like we talked about you know the draft class with Rousseau but it's the attitude of those guys as well, like Brown and Rousseau. You can tell they've got a bit of swag and character about them. Uh, Rousseau, after that interception, he put his finger up to his mouth kind of thing to silent the arrowhead crowd. And Spencer Brown's always doing his, I'm this height, you're tall, tall little minion to the opposition. You know, they just bring something different to this game, these guys. So I, I really just couldn't pick a game MVP for this game. There was no one that stood out above anyone else, really. So Moss also had a really good game. We talked about him. So I'm just giving it to the whole team because how they performed after last season, you know, it was just top class in all facets yeah. of the game. Fair enough. Other than special teams. <laughs> but we'll comment that in a little while. <laughs> all right. So what's our next award? Moment of a game. Mm. Have you got any? I've I got think, a bit of a short list. Well, I'm going to go. Actually, I toyed with so many, to be honest. Um, yeah. I think I'm going to go with the um, the Emmanuel Sanders reception uh, for the oh, touchdown. Nick mine. Uh, yeah, just dropped in an absolute an absolute bucket uh, by Josh. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even need to. He didn't even adjust his stride. And we we heard Sanders speak in the press conference afterwards. You know how. He was just astonished by how good that pass was. <laughs> and the fact that you know, he'd been watching Josh and sometimes he was watching him like a fan and he sort of needed to snap out of it. I mean, it's just amazing when you've got guys as experienced as Sanders 
fawning over Josh Allen. I mean, it's uh, that tells you everything you need to know. So I just thought it was a brilliant pass. Um, and it was, you know, that's just perfect. It's just perfect. And to think what two seasons ago, everyone's going, ah, Josh Allen he doesn't have the he doesn't have the the long pole. Yeah, <laughs> it's just you know this game really demonstrated that he uh, he's he's superb at it. And I thought, yeah, I think that that was a trigger point. I thought, oh yeah, Josh is on it tonight, and um, yeah. this could get this could get fun. Yeah, it's perfect ball placement. But Sanders done a really great job as well because it came across from his opposite shoulder. Mm. They're always the hardest catches to make, and he just track. You could see how he was tracking that ball. He used all of his, what, 13, 14 years experience in the NFL um, to take that ball in. So not only was it a fantastic throw by Josh Allen, but I was in awe as well about the catch because that's one of the more toughest catches to make uh, in the game. And uh, yeah, that, that was one of my three I've got. So that's one. Obviously, I had to come up and save a Josh Allen hurdle on third down. Um, that really, um, you know... Uh, put the cherry on top in terms of the performance like just how the athleticism he shows to do that you know clearly it's not the first time he's done that you know that's the second time I don't think it was quite as high a hurdle as uh, the Vikings one but nonetheless (laughs) it's still a hurdle and how many times do you see an NFL quarterback do that you know there's one or two that could do that but you know he's done it twice now in three seasons yeah. uh, or four seasons sorry so um yeah that was one of them so uh and then my last one uh, on defense was a high touchdown um mm-hmm. just because you know just I loved how Hyde spent spun out of that and just mm. you know it's, I just thought it was a great play on the ball and um that really that was the moment I really truly started to believe um that you know we were going to go on and win that game yeah um I think that created like a free touchdown almost a free touchdown uh lead and they just yeah there's no going back from, there, from my perspective but what was a point that you thought you know we won this like was there a point in the game where yeah, it was that it was that, it was that high, yeah. um yeah uh pick I, I feel like Micah Hyde whenever he has a has a pick um it's always going to be a good day and uh i thought but we haven't really mentioned so much about the safeties but the safeties were awesome <laughs> they really were um watching some of the, the clips back watching how dynamic those two are and, and how they allow the rest of defense to work uh, you know they were too high quite a bit but that just took the long ball away from um from Mahomes, and uh we yeah. saw poyer you know, with some fantastic tackling, Gilmas getting down to the box as well sometimes from quite a distance, but that high pick, that felt like, yeah, this is done. This is over. Yeah, yeah. I think he's already matched his um, interceptions from last season as well. Yeah. I think he might have even exceeded them. Uh, he's tied second now in the NFL for uh, interceptions. So, um, no, he's, he's really playing well. And we, um, we normally think of him as the deep safety. And yeah, it's a shame because he's so good. <laughs> When yeah. he's up closer to the action. He's so good. It's just the fact that um, you know they're, they're both so good at both of those jobs. It's incredible. Um, I feel like now, you know, um, it, it, this doesn't apply as much now. Um, but when we talked about the bets earlier in the season, and we know from last season, like just always go overs for the receivers because it's always happening and that's the type of offense uh, we have now. Um, that hasn't quite happened over the last couple of games. But I feel like that comment about regardless of the opposition, just put that bet on. I think that almost applies to Poy and Hyde that every single game is fantastic for them. We don't really need to talk too much about them because we all yeah. know as Bills fans how good they are um, as a tandem and what they bring to to, to our defence. Um, and they're so consistent. I feel like we can just always say, oh, Hyde and Poyer, they play great because they always do. <laughs> so, right. Yeah, yeah they just, they, you just, uh, they, they are fantastic and they're so consistent. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, any other awards you want to give out? Yeah, it's just a surprise for me. I don't know if you picked one, but mine wasn't anything to do with the Bills, really. I know we talked about the defense for KC, but I thought the offense as well and Patrick Mahomes was so poor really for that mm. game like you I watched it back and I didn't realize quite how poor they were you know when you um watch it and Mahomes completely missed a wide open Travis Kelsey on that first uh, I think it was on their first drive and I was thinking you know that that was way over his head um 
he, he threw what seemed like four or five passes just at the feet yeah. of the receiver. And yeah. that can only be, be because he was being disrupted. You know, he didn't he was right. Um, yeah. But I've never seen him just throw balls at receivers' feet like that. I mean, it, that, that was just weird. Um, but mm. I think it's testament to just how disrupted the Bills had made him. And also the, the, the fear he had of sort of being picked and, and there's long arms in his face. It, it's just all the stuff that we knew that they were going to try and do, they did. And yeah, I, I agree with you. I thought he was he was really poor. Um, mm. And uh, obviously... Uh, 33 of 54. Um, pretty bad, isn't it? QBR rating of 48.4. Wow. And that rating is the third lowest of his career. He's only had two worst Amazing. games. One was the Super Bowl last year against Bucks. Yeah. Uh, and then there was another game. I think it was against the Broncos last year as well. So his third lowest ever quarterback rating there. Um, but I've just thought they'd show more resiliency. We know, you know. Super Bowl champions two years ago, you know, back-to-back AFC champions. I just expected more from them, but they crumbled. I just felt like they absolutely crumbled in that second half. And that was purely down to how we were playing and how, you know, all the aspects of our defence were culminating and, uh, like, coming together and just made it really difficult for that offence. But I thought there'd be more, you know, in the Andy Reid playbook, you know, they'd bring more and, you know, there'd be, they'd, they'd get back into the game but they just weren't yeah. and I don't know if it's necessarily because our defence was so good which it was but you know we look at the stars that they've got Mahomes you know in in tight spots you always see the best of him but we didn't we really didn't uh, Sunday so and not only that I think that that's pretty much put the nail in the coffin for KC getting the um, number one seat in the AFC yeah because they're essentially three games behind now the Bills because yeah. the Bills have the uh Head to head, I don't see the Bills losing three games, and, the, and this KC team going unbeaten for the rest of the season. I don't want anyone else, but no, that defense. Even if Mahomes sorts himself out with that defense, they are going to struggle to uh, to win every game. So I think they're done in terms of that first seed. Um, obviously, um, the Chargers are well ahead of them as well. I don't think they're going to win their own division, um, which is pretty incredible. I was thinking about what we would have imagined coming into this season. Mm. And I was thinking, obviously, the Steelers, they beat us, but they're bottom of their division. We've got the Titans coming up, and that's a very easy division on paper. Um, you know, Texans and Jags, they're going to be in the top, what, three or four picks of a draft next year. Um, although that team, the Titans team, haven't been that great this season, they're going to win the division. So if we can beat them... Uh, next weekend, uh, next yeah. set of games, then that puts us a game up on, on them as well. And the reality so, is, there's only one game that we go, that's going to be a real tough one, which is um, the Bucks remaining in this on the schedule because New England have not been what I think some people thought they might be this year. Um, the Saints are very hot and cold. And from what I've seen of James Winston, I don't believe that's going to be a problem for us um, in, uh, in New Orleans. So, I mean, of course, something can happen. Injuries can happen. Crazy stuff in the NFL happens. But based on what we're seeing now, the Bills are clearly in the box seat to get that that number one seed vying with the Chargers. So, um, yeah, happy days. So, I guess the other thing we need to talk about is our bets. How did you uh, get on with uh, with your uh, gambling on my... Sunday? Yeah, I forgot to actually put a summary out. Uh, clearly, we were too caught up in the... Too much uh, fun, weren't we? Too much fun in London that uh, we didn't pay anything out. But uh, So apologies for that. But I didn't have a great week and I didn't realise. I thought I did actually have a good week, but I went on my account and I didn't. And uh, I was slightly <laughs> down, not by much. So I put five bets on. So I lost them all other than the Knox receiving overs. So if I'd have bet that three times over based on the over-under, I think it was at 36 and a half. Uh, or no, 39 and a half, I think, but 117 yards, that was easy <laughs> in the yep. end. Um, Moss rushing overs. I think you won that, but I my line must have been slightly higher because I lost it by literally like half a yard. Um, my, he got 37 rushing yards um, and he uh, the line was uh, 36 and a half. Yeah. So I lost by half a yard, which is a bit <laughs> disappointing. If I'd gone combined... Um, receiving and rushing I'd have won that but uh, it was just purely rushing so just lost that and then the Singletary run because it was better value because the bookmakers have realised he's seen as RB2 and plays less of the snaps his line was at 28 and a half and he lost by four yards so he was really close again 
um, but he didn't win that one. And then last one, a bit of a random one, but I feel like this will happen at some point. And because the odds are pretty good, um, I'll do this occasionally during the season. But Jake Coomer, I know he's not been a factor so far, but I feel like at some point he will come on and make a, a play and catch a touchdown at some point. He's 20 to 1 anytime touchdown. So I felt like with all the other weapons that we've got that they'll pay attention to. Maybe he might come on in the red zone. Maybe he might get one, but that was only a really small stake and that didn't come in. So that was just a, like a long shot one that I had. But yeah, slightly down. But I wasn't too far off from actually being in profit. So what about you? Yeah, um, I did four bets. Um, three of them came in. So you're right. I got that Zach Moss over just a slightly better line at 36 and a half. He, as you said, he did... He had 37 yards, so won that by by one by one yard. And the thing was, I was thinking I was miles over because I just was seeing a lot of knocks, but of course, a lot of that was um, uh, was catching and not rushing. So, um, yeah, won that one. Also went with a Josh Allen no interception, which thanks to that uh, interesting call of uh, roughing the passer came off. So I was thinking I'd lost that one, and then they called it back with a flag. And then I also... Um, Back the bills to cover the spread, which was um, which was three. Uh, sorry, not but sorry to beat the um, uh, yeah, you beat the handicap, which was three. So yeah. the one of those three, the only one I lost was uh, Dawson Knox getting over three and a half receptions. I think he got three, and he had one that was a miss, but I think it wasn't on him from what I remember. I think it was a not a great pass. So yeah, it was very close to winning all four. But yeah, I was in a clear profit, which uh, I was quite happy about. Yeah, that's good. You did loads better than me over the last couple of weeks, I feel like. Uh, I'm just riding off the uh, big win with to one. Zach Moss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's just going to you know keep me uh, above a season profit, I think. At this rate, I'll be, uh, if I keep making losses, then uh, I'm going to eat into that quite quickly. But uh, yeah, that's really good stuff. Um, do, you, do you have any other points or comments to make about the game? No, I don't think so. I think um, it was everything we hoped it would be. The only yeah. thing I could live without was that weather delay. <laughs> really not what you yeah. want. three fifteen in the morning. But no, yeah. it was it was great. Um, and I think it was a coming an age of this coming of an age of this team. And I think they're now the team to be feared and worried about by everybody else. So with this defense playing like this, they're gonna beat pretty much everybody. And um, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. So yeah, yeah can't wait to uh, to see them again next week and, and hopefully get some well earned revenge on the Titans. Yeah, absolutely. I've only got one more point to make, and it was about, um, I talked about it at the start, about the redemption from the AFC Championship game. And I thought, um, I appreciate this anyway, although there were penalties. I actually quite appreciate the Bills' secondary, the initial approach of the, um, you know, being really physical uh, with the receivers. And, um, you know, they had three uh, defensive holding penalties in the first quarter, but I quite liked that they were as physical as the KC secondary was against us in the championship game. I felt like, you know, we were bullied in that game and this game we showed that, you know, nah, we're not having it. You know, if, if the refereeing, if they're going to call how they called the AFC championship game, let's use that to our advantage. Let's be just as physical as they were and show that we're not going to be pushed over again. So, Although so, there were penalties, I quite liked the fact that they were that aggressive. Yeah, I think it's a good point. We haven't really talked about penalties. And I don't want to really want to talk about it. But what no. I will say is I think I think the roughing the passer calls, I think, are kind of dumb, honestly. And I think neither of them, to me, were roughing the passer. There's very little the defender can do when they're about to hit it. And on slow motion, it's always going to look worse. But even on slow motion, these were not, you know, egregious hits. Um the other thing I'd say is that the officiating generally was terrible. Yeah. Um, they were missing holding calls all over the place. Yeah. It felt like it was just run. I think it was bad for both teams, honestly. I mean, I think Casey did ended you? up with... Yeah, well, I yeah, felt I like did. it was more weighed on, especially with the uh, offensive holding. I felt like well, I mean, that know, was, we were getting yeah. called, but they weren't getting called at all. I can't really remember too many holding calls that they had. If you actually watched... I watched a lot of replays back and there was holding happening on both sides. They weren't, weren't big up. And that Mitch Morse one was just ridiculous. I don't know what yeah. they were looking at. But um, I thought neither of the, I mean, I know the rule is, you know, it's not just about are you hitting them late? It's also about are you landing your body weight on them? I don't know. They, they didn't seem especially, especially egregious to me. I know that's the rule, but it just didn't seem, didn't seem right. But anyway, I think that they tried their hardest to ruin the game. Uh, but they didn't didn't quite succeed. Not for us. I mean, KC took more penalties than we did. 
um, in the end. But to start off with, I was really worried about the uh, aggressiveness of our, of our secondary because it felt like we were just giving away easy, easy yards. yards. But yeah. I think in the end, you were absolutely right. I think it was the right game plan to be aggressive. That was clearly the plan. Yeah. And um, yeah, it worked, worked out well for us. So It was the plan because they adjusted to that. They used that as like the... Um, baseline to say oh what can we get away with? what can't we get away with and when they realize oh these referees are a little bit different they are going to make these calls then they actually toned it down a little bit uh but i just liked i, I appreciated that they knew what happened last season and they wanted to try and see if you know they were going to be that obviously it's different you know referees and officials that were calling this game but um i just liked that they were just looking to get any advantage they could and started like that so yeah, yeah that was it for me really uh, just want right. to quickly touch on that so fantastic well uh, we will be back with our game preview on Friday uh, of the Titans game which will be a Monday night stroke European Tuesday morning game um, for us we'll see about staying up Yay. for that one <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah we're certainly looking forward to um, playing this Titans team because I think they're to be got at honestly when I was looking at their stats early today um, if you do want to get in touch you can email us we are Bills from afar at gmail.com or you can contact us directly on Twitter again Bills from afar or individually charlie underscore sport and tim rose 90 uh, we are part of the uk uh, bills network so go and give the red white and buffalo blues podcast a listen um let's do some good stuff from matt and alex on there also doing their stuff we also have the big bills meetup in london uh, for the Jags game. Um, so look out for that and details coming your way. That will not be at the Fitzrovia Bell. We've actually got a bigger venue uh, for that. That'll be the Moortown Bell, which is uh, relatively close to Tower Bridge. I know a number of people that are coming in for London. If you need hotel tips, um, we have some. So feel free to get in touch. You know, cheaper places to stay if you wanted to stay this Sunday night. Uh, just let us know. Uh, we'd love to see as many of you down there as we possibly can. We're trying to get as many Bills fans together from the UK as we, um, as, as we can. So excited for that. So look out for that on uh, on all your social media uh, until friday we'll see leave you and say go bills go bills <laughs>